Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tactical Yanks podcast, your podcast for soccer in America and around the world. I'm your co-host, Pete Douthit, and I am joined by my fellow co-host, Filippo Silva, and welcome to the Tactical Yanks podcast. Hopefully you enjoy. We'll be talking about U.S. soccer, European soccer, South American soccer, the World Cup, and much more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tactical Yanks podcast. Today we have episode 53. I am your host, Filippo Silva. I'm joined here by Pete from 11 Yanks, which is a co-host of the podcast, obviously. Pete, how are we doing over there in L.A.? Doing good. Broadcasting for the first time from Pasadena, my new little sort of a house. It's a very small house, but a little two-bedroom place in Pasadena. So I'm technically outside of L.A. County now, which I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying. It's, It's not so chaotic out here. So, peaceful. so no one's going to hear taco anymore. I mean, they might hear taco, but like he doesn't have his friend here, the pit bull. So they would, they would get pretty crazy, but yeah, his chances of barking are less because there's nobody walking by the window. There's no homeless people outside trying to sleep in the yard. That was a, an issue at the old place. So yeah, very, very few chances of hearing taco now. <laughs> oh, that's, that's better. And they so have a few topics to talk about, right? We're going to, so the same source that told me about the Southampton offer for Jesse Marsh, which all of it turned out to be true. Everything the guy told me and I reported, Fabrizio Romano reported a day after. And I'm not Fabrizio Romano's source. So this guy gave me some information on Jesse. We're going to talk about that. Uh, then, unfortunately, we have bad news. Tim Ream broke his arm and he's done for the season and probably out for the summer, I would assume. Uh, and with that said, leading into that, we're going to talk about the Nations League, the CONCACAF Nations League for the U.S. men's national team, the center back situation, now that we know that Ream is out and probably Carter Vickers as well. And we'll talk about the midfield too, because it looks like Tyler Adams might not be available. And some of the players have some weird situations right now, like Weston McKinney doesn't seem like he doesn't seem like he really wants to play for Leeds. Um, Eunice Musa continues to ghost most Valencia games. Um, De La Torre is doing fine for what we expect from De La Torre. Johnny's doing fine in Internacional. Acosta's being Acosta. Um, there's shaky moments. But why don't we go about Jesse Marsh? Before I even give the information, where do you stand with Jesse Marsh to the national team? I, I know both of us are not the biggest fans of it, but um, let's say it happens. Would it drive you nuts? Would you care that much? I would care for sure. I want the best possible coach. And I don't think Jesse Marsh is that, you know, I think Jesse is as stubborn as Greg Berhalter, just with a different system. And I think that would be the big worry. And even more worrying is I don't think his system suits a lot of our best players. So I would be worried. I would give him the benefit of the doubt if he becomes the coach and probably give him a blank, you know, blank space to work and and just sort of watch and see what he does. But I would definitely have concerns. I mean, this is a guy who his entire coaching career has played one way. He's talked about being a company man when he was at Red Bull Salzburg and that he believes this is the best way to play soccer. And, you know, the Red Bull system comes from, you know, Leipzig mostly were the ones that really popularized it. But Klopp did it when he was at Dortmund to a degree. It was very effective back in the day. But almost all the best coaches in the world, and even Leipzig, who are proponents of that system, have moved on from it. They've become more expansive. They've added variants to the ways that they can attack. And Jesse has not. And what's even worse is he's failed at his last two jobs trying to play that way, at Leipzig and at Leeds. And 
you know, with Leeds, it's not all Jesse's fault that they never strengthened that back line, which they should have done, to be honest, um, last summer, because it was a very weak back line. But once that transfer window closed and those were the defenders he had, he continued to play the same way over and over and over again, and he wouldn't change it when it wasn't working. And so my big worry about Jesse Marsh is that playing an outdated system that doesn't really work at the highest levels with a player pool that some players fit that way, but probably not our best players, would be square pegs, round holes. And more worrying than anything would be his stubbornness that he would not change it even if it wasn't working. And that, I think, after four years of Burhalter's stubbornness, do we want Burhalter 2.0 just with a different system? That's my big concern with Jesse. There are pros. I mean, he does seem to be a very good man manager. He's very charismatic. And he does have both high-level and international experience. This guy's coaching the Champions League, the Bundesliga, the Premier League. And he, he was Bob Bradley's assistant coach back in 2010. For me, that's where the pros end. And right now, the cons outweigh the pros. But I don't know. What are what are your thoughts? Well, the first thing, I agree with everything you said, but just adding on, I think looking more into some of the positives, he is definitely not a nepotism hire, right, as far as we're concerned, right? Doesn't... It could be like buddies helping out buddies, whatever, but he's not really a nepotism hire. You just mentioned his resume. For an American coach, his resume is fairly good compared to most American coaches. Um, and even in MLS, he did better than Greg Berhalter in MLS. So definitely in regards to that, it's better than having Greg. Uh, definitely also better, you know, behavior on the sidelines, something to say. But yeah, in regards to tactics, he has his way of thinking. It's it's, it's like U12 tactics, right? Create chaos and try to get something out of it. Uh, completely neglect the weaknesses of your team. Completely neglect the strengths of your team. That's the system, and we go with it. And we live or die on that hill. And and and, and it's not just Jesse, right? Ralph Ragnick, um, legendary like football or soccer figure, went to Manchester United last season with those same ideas. He never changed it, right? Except for he's much older than Jesse, and he was one of the pioneers of that right in Germany, the Gegen pressing. It didn't work with Man United. And then you yeah. bring in Ten Hag, a guy that also does have Manchester United pressing, but like you said, with variations. That's not Jesse. And then you talk about some of our players. Pulisic, for example, doesn't fit what Jesse wants to do. Reina doesn't fit what Jesse wants to do. Dest doesn't fit what Jesse wants to do. And there's countless other players that don't fit. So... Yes, um, I would say, yeah, if you go right now and say Burhalter or Jesse, Jesse, I wouldn't even think about it twice, but there are better options and we should be going for them. One of them is available to Patrice Vieja, but that's not what this episode's about. But the information, Pete, that I was given by that same source was he said that Jesse has talked to, he knows for a fact, has talked to Hansi Flick, the current German national team coach, and the guy I just mentioned, Ralph Ragnick, about possibly joining the u.s men's national team it looks like he talked to them about what are their thoughts maybe maybe he doesn't know the details of the conversation but maybe jesse talked to hansi flick about what difficulties he's having adapting from Bayern to to germany uh but he talked to hansi flick and he talked to ralph ragnick and the topic was him possibly becoming the u.s men's national team coach so if he talked about that the guy also confirmed to me that there is no offer at the moment but that means there's probably been some contact from the Federation at some level. They probably have wanted to interview him. You know what I mean? And and just because he would be a natural interview. He doesn't have a job. 
and he's American. But like, let's be honest, if Jesse Marsh wasn't American, would we look at his resume and say, this guy would be a good coach? Like, is no. the only thing that he's writing on the fact that he's American? Uh, for us, mainly, yes. Um, <laughs> like, if he was German, we might be like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think we mo probably would say no, unless we saw some something good in his resume, because the only good things in his resume was MLS. Yeah. And 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 Salzburg, but at the same time Salzburg, he kind of did uh, roughly what every coach does there, right? A little bit right. I wouldn't say worse. He did about the same, right? Okay, didn't get out of his group in the Champions League. Yeah, but last season was also the first time ever that Salzburg got out of their group and it was without Jesse, but it was also the first time. So, he did exactly what he was supposed to. The real success he had was in Major League Soccer. Outside of that, Leipzig was a a tremendous failure in my opinion. I know people try to sugarcoat it, but it was a failure. And Leeds, I wouldn't say it's 100% his failure, but he has a big share of blame right there for never adapting. The signings, too, he could have pressed and said, I don't like, for example, now before we move on, they signed Reuter for, for like 30 million pounds um, yeah. in January. That's something that, I mean, Jesse must have had a say on it, right? It's like if he said, I'm not using this guy, they probably wouldn't pay 30 million on a guy he would. So they paid 30 million on Reuter, a forward from Hoffenheim that was kind of mediocre in the Bundesliga. Sure, he's promising, but mediocre. And they needed help now. Could they not have signed a quality center back for 30 million pounds? Or even 31 million on Brendan Aronson is an insane price. And that's right? just because he likes the player, right? Because we right. know that Brendan doesn't really help with the issues Leeds has. So it did seem like he was trying to bring his guys instead of what Leeds truly needed. Yeah. Um, and even Wobber or Wobber, that 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 guy that he brought from Salzburg. It's another yeah. yeah, it's always like guys in this system and his his buddies. So that leads me to believe that Jesse also probably always start Tyler. Well, Tyler should start, but like Brendan Aronson will always start for the national team. So I think he would prefer Brendan Aronson to Gio Reyna, which would be very worrying. Probably, probably. Um uh, depending on the circumstances, even Brendan Aronson might be more useful for him than a Christian Pulisic, even though that sounds which is nuts. wild, which is wild. And Poriola might have some utility. But anyhow, uh, moving on from Jesse, that's the news. We don't have any updates on who will be the national team coach. But Jesse, can I just say something no. real quick about Matt Crocker and Jesse? Like, I know that, you know, the Athletic reported that Crocker was the one who led the hire for Jesse Marsh or, you know, the potential mm -hmm. hire for him at Southampton. Mm -hmm. I will say, I don't know if he was, if it was Jesse Marsh will give you till the end of the season. And there's a clause in your contract. that If you keep us up, then your contract gets renewed. And that's possibly why Jesse turned him down. But I also don't know, like Crocker's leaving was leaving Southampton. How much would a sporting director who's basically a, there's a term for it, you know, a guy who's leaving, it's not a dead man walking, but it's essentially a incumbent who's not going to mm -hmm. be there anymore. Would he really be in charge of, of hiring the next long-term hire? Does he really like Jesse? We don't know, right? That's the well, question that I guess we have. Peter, I, I can tell you for a fact, the same guy that was telling me that they're contacted, that they contacted Jesse at the time, he said that the reason Jesse didn't sign was because Southampton, which could maybe be Crocker, right, was yeah. not willing to give Jesse a long-term contract. Right. So if that's the case, again, how much is Matt Crocker a believer in Jesse Marsh? If he really believes it, maybe because everyone has to remember, 
Southampton was in la is in last place and in not such a great situation, right? So it's very hard to convince any coach to go coach Southampton. Any big name coach is like, why would I take on this sinking ship and have a relegation in my resume? Jesse Marsh, on the other hand, he was trying to get Jesse. He's like, hey, want a job? I'll let you try to save us. If you save us, we'll keep you, like you said. But it sounded like Jesse was like, no, I want three years. That's what I heard. I want three years, regardless of what happens. And I want to build. Wasn't willing to give Jesse that. So because, again, Southampton has money and they have good players. And if they go down, they can probably sign a decent coach as long as they give him time to build and get promoted. He didn't want to give Jesse that. So I don't know how much of a believer in Marsh he is. Yeah, I guess um, time will tell. Yep, we'll find out very soon. We're probably going to know a head coach within the next, what, three to four months max. But going on here, Tim Ream done for the season and maybe done for the summer. We don't have a confirmation on that, which leads to this question, right? He broke his arm for Fulham. But before we even go to this question, I'm going to put a quick word from one of our sponsors, which, by the way, we have two sponsors in the podcast now. We, we got Raycon, and let's face it, coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customations, and our bank accounts somehow always are depleting. We are officially entering a dupe session, or a recession, I would say. Most products do the same, but are priced differently solely on the brand name. So a good duplicate is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds so raycon wireless earbuds they have two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks they offer free domestic shipping and a flat fee for international shipping so even if you're not in the united states they also have over 50,000 five-star reviews which is a lot more five-star reviews than this podcast has as well okay i use raycon myself earbuds but look go buy raycon at dot raycon.com slash thpn Raycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off Raycon order. Buy Raycon at Raycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. That's all for Raycon today, Pete. Okay, we're going to go on here uh, and move on to the Nations League center backs. Let's go on to the Nations League center backs. So here's the situation, Pete. Um, Tim Reams out. Let's yeah. assume, okay, he's out because yeah. he probably is. Uh, Carter Vickers, you said he's getting knee surgery right now? So this is what Scott – I read this on ESPN that after this Scottish Cup final, um, Carter Vickers needs knee surgery and has been playing through pain, but he wanted to stay long enough to help them win this cup, and then he was going to get surgery right after this. So we don't know for sure, but if he's having knee surgery of any kind, even if it's a minor surgery – the chances of him making it for Nations League, I'd say, are extremely slim. So let's assume CCV's out. Um, Ream is out. Yeah. And those are two, those might even be our two best center backs right now in terms of form and quality. Yeah. And by the After way, that, injured, he still won man of the match against Rangers this morning, CCV. Like, mm -hmm. He's crushing it. And I honestly think he needs to move on from Scotland. Like he's done two years at Celtic. He's the best defender in Scotland. Even Postacoglu has said that, the coach. So I, it's a separate topic, but I do think he needs to go push himself at a higher level, whether that's the Bundesliga or something like that, the Premier League. Yeah, I think it's time too, especially in a league where Celtic is so dominant, right? They've even dominated Rangers this season. He's out, Reams out. 
So the next player would be Chris Richards, probably to start. He should. Yeah. And I, and, um, and I hear the arguments. Some people say, well, Richards has hardly played this season. Yes, but he's demonstrated that he can step on the field, even having not played for weeks or months, and look very comfortable in the toughest league in the world. So, and plus we have his record at Hoffenheim where he was very good. So I would have zero problem starting Chris Richards against Mexico so long as he's healthy. And I would start him. I don't know if Anthony Hudson will, but I would. I mean, he, he wasn't playing for months and then he went on and, and they just threw him against, if I'm not mistaken, Newcastle and then Manchester United. And he did just yeah. fine both games. So if yeah, you can play against, against Newcastle and th those two teams are top four. If yeah. you can play against Newcastle and Manchester United and hold your own, um, you can probably hold your own against Mexico. So that's one. Who would you pair up with him? There are a couple of options. Um, I think Miles Robinson would be an obvious option to play there. The question for Miles, as always, is his reading of the game um, as well as his passing out of the back. Those are the big questions. But if I have to pick Miles or Walker, I'd probably go Miles. Miles is quicker in transition right then then walker walker's probably better in the air but miles if i had to pick i would pick miles um i just think he might suit better with richards he's the also better option, than zimmerman on the ball though uh that, that has to be yeah, Miles on the ball slightly. i think he is better slightly yeah. not by much that's still a weakness of his but mm -hmm. the other option potentially could be john brooks if your left-footed center back is out do you bring john brooks um, John Brooks tends to do better against attacking teams, which Mexico is. I do think it'll be more 50-50 in terms of possession and attack. I think we'll have a lot of the ball against Mexico, especially because Diego Coca is kind of defensive. The question with Brooks, as always, is in transition. Can he handle it? He is having a mini revival at Hoffenheim. Do you think he's ready to just throw him in there with Richards? These two have never played together. Throw him in there against Mexico, or would you prefer a safer... Not necessarily safer, but like the devil we know is probably Richards Miles. You know what I mean? Or Richards Walker, one of those two. The devil we don't is Richards Brooks. Uh, I'm less concerned about them playing together, but mainly I want to see a bit more from John Brooks because I still believe in John Brooks. The only issue I have is ever since he came to Hoffenheim, he's had ups and downs, right? He's been inconsistent. Looked a bit better lately now that he started to get more minutes. But yeah, it's been very shaky early on. That would be my biggest concern rather than the pairing itself. Because I think Richards and Brooks, they have trained together at some point. They know each other. Um, and I don't think it would be that big of an issue in terms of chemistry. Also, Chris Richards and Miles, how many times have they played together? One game? Yeah, it was Canada back January of last year. Which wasn't good and, also. But and also, no, they weren't good. Costa Rica as well, though. They played together. Which we weren't good either, right? Or Oh, home. home no, at home, home we were fine. That was yeah. the one where Miles caught up with uh, the 39-year-old Costa Rica forward. <laughs> uh, Brian Ruiz. Um, Louis, Ruiz, yeah, Brian Ruiz. So they have played together before. I think what you get probably from John Brooks is better distribution, playing into midfield. <clears throat> um, obviously you get high level experience, but you don't get that with miles. The pro for miles is you'll probably get better transition work in terms of like dropping back to chase down players. John Brooks still does this. Even at Hoffenheim, when the ball gets played behind, he just stops. <laughs> like, once yeah, it he... gets beyond him, you still have those moments where you're like, what are you, what are you doing? Chase him down, at least put pressure on him. He just stops. And that would be a big concern. I don't know how no coach ever went to Brooks and just said, dude, look, 
you might not catch up to him, but you still have to go to bother the guy. And also, if there's a rebound, you're there to clear. You just can't really give up on every single transition, okay? No, no. Um, and maybe they have said that to him, and he still doesn't do it, but they go, for what for the options we have, He, you know, what he brings to the team outweighs his weaknesses. Maybe that's what they're thinking. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would bring Brooks yet. I would probably want to bring Brooks to the Gold Cup and have him start every single game as a starter. Uh, maybe I'll just go with Richards and Miles. I think that should be fine. I'm not a big fan of Zimmerman. Uh, Mark McKenzie, I guess we could put him out there. Um, I wouldn't start him, but bring him into the roster. Maybe he scored this weekend for Yank, and and he's been fine in Belgium this season, right? For all what that's worth. Um, but we're kind of thin when you look into it too much, right? We're kind of thin when you when you take out Ream and you take out Carter Vickers. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think Richards and Miles should be enough to hold off CONCACAF opponents like Mexico. Yeah, they should be. Um, and even Canada. I know we're going to face players like Kyle Larian. We're going to face Jonathan David, Alfonso Davies. But it should be enough, um, right? It's not like we're facing Neymar, Messi, and Mbappe. So no. I would be okay with probably going with Richards and Miles. Um, I, look, I wouldn't start Brooks, but if you tell me, hey, would you bring Brooks in your roster Nations League? Probably wouldn't be my priority to bring him back already. But I wouldn't be angry if Anthony Hudson just said, okay, let's bring it. Also be a big F you to Greg Berhalter if he did that. Well, what if we brought, okay, Richards and Miles as the starters and Walker and Brooks as the backups? Richards and Miles as the starters and Walker and Walker Zimmerman and Brooks as the backups. I'll be fine with that. Yeah. Because if you don't bring those, who are the other options? McKenzie, Palmer Brown, that hasn't been that good. Uh, who else? Who? Trusty. Trusty's an option. He's a left-footed, also center back. The thing that I'm wondering is, what if Tim Ream makes it for the Gold Cup? Then you wouldn't want Brooks and Ream because they're both playing the same position, right? And then Trusty could back up Ream at the Gold Cup and you could go Ream and Walker or Ream and Miles. It's hard to know because is there how much overlap is gonna they're gonna be between the Gold Cup and the Nations League. Burhalter, the MLS guys, got both. Like Sebastian Legette was in both Nations League and Acosta. Acosta was as well. Um Jackson Zimmerman was in both. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Jackson Ewell was in both. My God. So yeah, he got Zardes two trophies that summer. Zardes was in both, you know? Yeah. So there, you might be able to bring a guy like Walker to both tournaments, even if he doesn't start in one of them. Like maybe he's a starter in the Gold Cup, but not in the... You could bring Miles to both, potentially. Like the MLS teams can't say no because they're FIFA tournaments. You can bring them to both if you want. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one. It, it really... We would need inside information towards what Hudson is actually thinking, how he wants to distribute both competitions. Does he want to yeah. spread himself a bit thinner in the roster and try to win both? Or does he want to go all in, Nations League, bring all the best that he can and then see what he can do after? Um it's a it's an interesting debate. Maybe we should even do a live stream at some point, me and you. We should try to plan out how we would go about, or even in the podcast, because you could, for example, leave players out like Taylor Booth and Mihailovic, leave them all out of the the, the Nations League, which they yeah. would be backups. Um, and then you, you would have a weaker bench, that's for sure, because then you probably would end up having to bring maybe like a Jordan Morris to the bench. Right. 
But then for the Gold Cup, you bring these guys because then they can start multiple games and make yeah. the Gold Cup exciting and give us better odds of winning. So it, it's an interesting, I guess, like thinking exercise here of how you would plan this if you want to win both, right? Because yeah, I, I think we could afford to have a bit of a weaker bench in the Nations League because it's only two games, right? right. You do need options, right? You can't just have right. Jordan Morris as your best option off the bench, but you can afford to leave some guys out and right. bring them to the Gold Cup to win, try to win both. So, Like roster sprots 18 to 23 could be a bit more of the weaker MLS lifer pool, right? Mm -hmm. So long as you have that first 18 is very strong. You know what I mean? And and to be honest, Anthony Hudson has hinted that some of the under 20 guys might make it to the Gold Cup. So they could potentially play the under 20 tournament and the Gold Cup, which would be interesting, like a Kevin Paredes, you know? So Caleb Wiley, maybe. I would give him Caleb the Gold Wiley, Cup. Wiley, potentially. You know, um, Zendejas is injured now, right? Do we know how long he's out for? Um, he's probably he's probably not good for Nations League because it's a muscle injury again, and he might he might just get that nose surgery now. Right. Yeah. So I potentially he could be back for Gold Cup. Very likely. So Zendejas would probably be a Gold Cup option. Right. So then if um, Zendejas is out, do you bring Booth to the Nations Leagues for some better depth? It depends who's fit and available, I guess. Exactly. There, there. It's it's actually a lot tougher to plan this than it sounds. It's really not just like picking the best players. You have to really think, or you we can just do, do this. this. Go ahead. Go ahead. I said, or you, or he can just say, I don't give a crap. I'm just going to bring the best possible roster to nations league and everyone else to gold cup. He could just say that, but yeah, I wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't do that either. Um, but yeah. I think we, after the under 20 world cup, right before nations league, we might have more information on who's available and who's not. You know, and also see like a Brian Gutierrez, the fire aren't going to release him for the under 20 World Cup. It looks like for me, that's a Gold Cup call up, not as a starter, mm -hmm. but as a guy off the bench who's playing well in MLS, even a Chris I Brady mean, as the third keeper. Depending on who's available, that could even be a starter in, in the Gold Cup. <laughs> see, I actually think we're deep enough because let's say you're, you're midfielders and we'll get into like the midfielders in Nations League. Let's say you bring Reyna, McKenney, Musa, De La Torre, uh, Reyna, McKinney. Wait, 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 you're skipping. We're, we're, we're going to talk about the midfield in a second. Hold on, hold on. Okay, hold on. okay. But I'm just saying you could still bring potentially, you know, Mihailovic, Booths, and Dejas to the Gold Cup. Let's do this. Since we're going to pretty much talk about the entire Nations League roster, let me run a quick word from our other sponsor because we're, we're filthy rich right now. We have so many sponsors <laughs> in this podcast. Um, For now. You know, yeah, for now. And then it's great to get a dollar each right there. But going on. We have a quick word from our main sponsor that you all might remember, DraftKings. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN. That is THPN. New customers can bet $5 in hockey playoffs bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly with the code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook. I don't really watch hockey, so good luck to anyone that does that. I actually, I think I, I went to like a college hockey game in my entire life. That's about it. But yeah, thank you, DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't forget everyone to use the code THPN. Pete, so let's just continue the same exact conversation. So you were talking about the midfield. So go to the midfield. Hypothetically, okay, let's say your midfielders for Nations League are Gio Reyna, 
<clears throat> Weston McKenney, mm-hmm. Eunice Musa, Luca De La Torre. Okay, so those four are like your starters slash off the bench guys. Then you bring maybe a Kellen Acosta as a backup backup. Okay, I know we don't feel strongly about Kellen Acosta, but we're we're putting him in that eighteen to twenty three. So that's five midfielders for two. The one that shouldn't see the field, right? The one that shouldn't see the field. Right. Shouldn't see the field, but he's there for an emergency. You can bring him on. Or maybe if you're winning, you know, one zero in the last. Or to to give someone a water bottle. Yeah. High five. High five. Be the vibes guy. That's five midfielders right there. Now, potentially, you could get a midfield in the Gold Cup that includes Georgi Mihailovic. Taylor Booth, who can also play midfield or wide. Zendejas can play midfield or wide. You could bring Johnny. You could potentially look at a guy like a Tanner Tessman. You know, I know he's not really on people's radar, but uh, Leonard Maloney has been playing as a six for Heidenheim and looks like they're getting promoted to the Bundesliga. You know, you could still have a pretty, you know, Richie Ledesma could go to the Gold Cup if he continues, you know, playing well for uh, New York. Like, it wouldn't be perfect, but if your starters were, say, Johnny, Mihailovic, and Booth in the midfield, I wouldn't be against seeing something like that. You know, the that's potentially. Or fun, even Senora. Senora could, you know, Senora looked okay against Mexico. He could be a Gold Cup starter. You know, like, there are options there. So you still bring some guys. Heck, you know, Luca might want to play both. We don't know. Like, Again, you'd have to consider rest for some of the European guys because this is their summer off. The MLS guys, I think the reason why they can play both tournaments or be in both rosters is because they'd be playing regardless and you can just take them out of their clubs. doesn't matter, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas with the European guys, you do have to be a little more conscious of do they need a break, right, after a long season. And like for the Pulisic, for example, I wouldn't bring him to both. I'd bring him to Nations League, but not Gold Cup. Well, so yeah, even, I mean, I guess we just wait and see, but you could do something like that quite easily. Well, even like we're talking about midfield, but even center forward, right? Let's say Balogun does commit to the Nations League, right? And he, sure. if he goes, he's our starter right away. You could just like leave Pepe out of the Nations League roster and literally let Pepe start the entire Gold Cup, be your center forward. Just bring maybe Balogun and Sargent to um to the the nation's league and maybe yeah. even as, as a third option, bring like a Haji, Wright Or even well, a brand. I think our four, if Balogun commits, I think our four best options would be Balogun, Sergeant Pepe and Wright. So what I would do is bring two and two, like either Balogun and Sergeant or Balogun and Pepe to the nation's league. And then Sergeant or Pepe and Wright to the gold cup. And then the third striker can be Brandon Vasquez or Jordan Peefock. Like it doesn't matter that much. The third striker. And Jesus can watch it from home. Please. <laughs> Please. No, Jesus. I think Thank this you. is the perfect summer to give Jesus some time off. And then maybe, maybe in the future, he can get another chance at the United States. Maybe. Probably yes. not. But I don't know. I don't want to see Jesus. He's probably going to start in a Gold Cup. We know that. Yeah. He's going to be our starting nine, probably. So that's kind of how I would work it, where you still bring – you still – prioritize Nations League because that's two games to a trophy, right? We're, we're so close and they're big, important games now. So even with, you have to remember with Mexico, for example, or Canada, they might not bring their strongest lineups to the Gold Cup either, right? Like look at Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David. Are they going to play for Canada in both? Because then they don't get a break 
Look at Chucky Lozano, Santi Jimenez, Tecatito, Edson Alvarez. Are they going to bring them to both? Mexico they did are, that time. They brought everyone to they both. They brought like Hector Herrera. Yeah, they, not everybody. They didn't bring Chucky to both. No, no. Chucky went to oh, both. Yeah, and he, he got injured go. in the beginning. Injured, Edson Alvarez. Alvarez was there too for both. He got dunked on in the final, on the That's final right. of the header. That's they right. were all there. They, they they brought pretty much the A roster to both. Uh, I guess Gold Cup, it wasn't all of them, but many of the key guys were there. Um, so and, and they had World Cup qualifying after. This time they don't have World Cup qualifying. So hmm. I think Mexico could bring their best possible team to both or most of them. Which, which would strengthen the case for us to bring a better team. Like mm -hmm. maybe you don't bring Geo Pulsic Weston, but you could still bring, you know, maybe give ETH, you know, honestly, give Matt Turner the goal for both of these. He's not playing at Arsenal. And if he's going to stay at Arsenal and be their backup for next season again, I would honestly give Matt Turner both the Nations League and the Gold Cup. Yeah. I don't see a I reason. Mean, you could make an argument to give Ethan Horvath or Zach Steffen the Gold Cup, but I want to win also. And I don't think. A goalkeeper situation is not like he's going to be that fatigued. He hasn't played all season. Also, as a goalkeeper, uh, he's not going to be very active against some of the opponents we're going to face in the Gold Cup, for example. Like when we play Nicaragua, Matt Turner might not even touch the ball the whole game. Um, against Jamaica and Curaçao, I would expect him to be involved in certain moments. But there are opponents where he's not going to be super active. And, and, and against a goalkeeper that's not playing at all during the season, he'll be fine. He should play yeah. both tournaments entirely. Yeah. There's no reason to test another goalkeeper right now. Matt Turner has earned his spot and should continue to be his until someone else emerges. Yeah. And maybe uh, Joe Scally goes to the Nations League as a, as a backup, but maybe he's the starter at Gold Cup. Or if not, maybe Brian Reynolds gets to start the Gold Cup. Mm -hmm. you know? I think what's important here is for Anthony Hudson to do his homework and truly think of how he can maximize both rosters. Understand yeah. that um, a player like, for example, Taylor Booth might not be worth bringing him to the Nations League if your intention is not to play him right. uh, because that would be a waste. That's where you can bring maybe a vibes guy, a Rodon just to be a vibes guy, right? Because just yeah. two games. It's such a short tournament yeah. right there two games so you can bring vibe guys and save some of these guys like you said booth uh, mihailovic johnny like don't bring johnny if you're going to play acosta as the backup don't bring right. him leave right. him out and then give him the gold cup and then actually play him so we can actually judge him in the national team yeah. um so that's probably the best way Rem remembering reminding everyone that we're assuming tyler adams is out of both do you think yeah. there's a chance if tyler is out of the nation's league that he would maybe play in the Gold Cup? The problem is we don't know the extent of his injury. That's, that's the thing. We don't have all the information. Um, we don't know how serious his injury was. Do you know, like, the details of his injury? It was a muscle injury, right? He had surgery. Right. So it might be, like, the, the Gold Cup starts late June, right? Last week of June? Yeah, so the Nations League is over on the 18th. That's the final. Yeah. And the Gold Cup starts, like, six days after on the 24th. Right. So we're talking about almost two months from now. The Roughly, yeah, starts, yeah. Right? Yeah. We're talking about seven weeks. And he had surgery a month ago. Yeah, so we just don't know. I mean, could Tim Ream be back by then? I mean, it's it's he broke is a fracture of the arm. It's not a break of the arm. Fractures tend to heal a little quicker. Sometimes and he's going to be fractures, running. Yeah, sometimes fractures are six six to eight weeks. So potentially Tim Ream could start in the Gold Cup. 
Yeah, and also when you break your arm as a professional soccer player, he'll continue to do cardio and run, and he can still get touches on the ball. Yeah. There's some training that he can do. It's not like a knee or ankle injury where you're just like completely off for for right. weeks. And your so, legs don't atrophy the way you do with a with a lower body injury. Yeah, yeah. There's no atrophy they, of the muscles. Exactly. So pretty much once the doctor clears Reem's arm, say you're good to go, he's going to be already probably in shape. Like everything will be fine. Right. Um, so, yeah, Reem could be ready for the goal. Also, Tyler, he's been he got surgery during camp, during the U.S. Men's National Team camp. So it's been a month. And like you said, we're still two months away. So is this injury that severe that he's out for three months? It could be. But like you said, we don't know. Maybe Tyler I mean, will be Tyler back. Tyler and Reem at the Gold Cup would be great. <laughs> That would be yeah i mean i would be back while you're at it <laughs> i would love to have that because we really want to win it that's the way let, let's say tyler can't go to nations league because it'll be a bit too close yeah but if, even gold cup if tyler can't play you can even if it's the gold cup you can even bring tyler in slowly like he can he can get like backup minutes in the group stage give him 20 yeah. minutes a game yeah in the group stage and then in the knockout rounds you can start him you don't have to start him right away in the gold cup so he, yeah. we're talking about him starting early july like after fourth of july yeah. which is more than two months from now so i mean it's not too crazy it just depends on like also his club situation right it could be moving to a different club and wanting to be in preseason that's a different topic but the um, gold they, cup does end july 16th you know preseason starts for most clubs first week of july but i will say because of the prolonged season that we're having now they might actually start preseason a little later you know what i mean their American tours don't start till after the Gold Cup. Right. So you so, might miss the first week or two, but usually the first week or two of preseason is any is fitness anyways. If you're coming from the Gold Cup, you're fit. You yeah. Know? So, so you might be right. Maybe for tire, it, it might even be better to be playing competitive games instead of doing fitness. Uh, so yeah. Also, it's, a it's not a question of fatigue for a guy like Tyler because he's just had three months off. You know what I mean? So you wouldn't worry about him needing a rest. Gold Cup could be technically his fitness um, preseason. He could get yeah. in form for get it. cardio hits against Nicaragua. Yeah, get some cardio <laughs> done in those games. And Jamaica, Curaçao, Qatar in the knockout rounds. <laughs> yeah. God. Um, How are we facing Qatar again? Yeah, hopefully not. But Pete, anything else we want to talk about today? I think that's it. Who would you start in the Nations League midfield? Would you go Musa McKenney Geo again, like we did? Yeah, in I would. I would probably go with Musa McKenney and Geo Reyna from what we have with right Luca now. Luca being the first option off the bench. Luca being the first option, and uh, I would prefer Johnny over Acosta. But like I said, if Tyler's not going to play in the Gold Cup, I would. I would not bring Johnny to the Nations League. I'll just bring him to Gold Cup. But if if Tyler is going to play in the Gold Cup, he'll be our starter. Then I'll probably just bring Johnny as the backup in Nations League and just send Acosta to the Gold Cup. Um, Speaking of Acosta, can we talk about how awful he was against Mexico? Like, this um, is Mexico's B team. He was partially responsible with Aaron Long for that goal. And I, I did the breakdown on Patreon. He had a lot of bad giveaways and a lot of bad defensive moments. Yeah, but so this that sounds myth, like him always. He's always like No, that. I know, but there's still a myth about Kellen Acosta that he's – the number six backup. And to be fair, I've actually espoused this myth myself. But what this last game against Mexico proved to me is that we're still we're still dealing with a huge, huge gap between Acosta and Adams. And one of our biggest priorities should be to replace that. You know, and one of one of the ways you do that is get away from the 4-3-3. Get away from the 4-3-3 and play a double pivot. And you have lots of options that can play in a double pivot. 
or give other players a chance instead of just persisting on Acosta forever because he had two good games in the 2021 Gold Cup. Yeah, that was I mean, three, two years ago now. Like, you know what I mean? Well, and, and he finally had two good games after 20 terrible games, and we just kept persisting till the point where it's like, oh, hallelujah, he had one good game. Now we can play him forever because he had that one good performance. Yeah. It's like it's what I kept saying about like um for example Johnny if you give Johnny 20 games he'll have one good game out of those 20 and then sure. fine just use him forever because of that one game that's not right. how it works no. um no Acosta like it, the same way we talk about finding our nine a backup left back we need to move on from Acosta that's yeah to me it's it's a big must this like we have to move on by the copa america next year like we can't go to the copa america as him as the backup by then no we need this gold cup needs to be it for all of these guys after the gold cup it's goodbye to in my opinion acosta roldan morris ferreira shouldn't even be there Ariola, possibly even walker honestly like at this point after the gold cup our three best center backs are already brooks ccv i brooks ream ccv and richards Miles potentially going to Europe, Trusty continuing to develop. It should be goodbye to Walker too, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully, because I mean, uh, whatever. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but it should be. Yeah. But everyone, thank you very much for listening. Drop a review if you haven't, and continue to share the podcast with any U.S. soccer fans. And we'll be back next week, and we're very much looking forward to this summer. So stay tuned because there's a lot going on for the U.S. men's national team this summer. All right, bye bye.